You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Oopalas! Another week for y'all. It's Monday, February 24th. Yeah, it's me. It's Josh Millman. How you guys doing? How was your weekend? Mine was all right. It's good to be back. Another today in sports betting. We're switching things up a little bit. Ira is on the move. He's making a cross-country trek from L.A. to Miami. So He's not here today. But it's not just me tonight. It's my man. The bearded wonder. He is the James Harden to my Russell Westbrook on our fashionable GQ cover. Del- Devin Ellington. Devin, what's up, dude? Hey, Josh. Thanks for letting me fill in for Ira. How's it going? Letting you fill in, man. You're, you're a champ, dude. Like, ah. <laughs> you, you bring your beard and we will we'll bring the heat. How about that? Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I love it. Thanks for coming back, man. Um, how was your weekend, buddy? Everything all right? Yeah, I had some really fun time. Um, you know, working behind the bar and talking about college basketball. Um, lots of uh, MLB talk starting to ramp up. So yeah, um, it's a good part of the year. We got playoff hockey coming up. Baseball's getting underway. Uh, the thick of the basketball season. It's fun. I love it. Lots of bets to cover. More sports coming. The tournament is just around the corner. College hoop season heating up. I'm excited. And we've got a big NBA slate for you today. Eight games that we're going to cover, of course. And where do we do all that coverage? At mybookie.ag. That's where we're placing all of our bets, and you should too. Head on over to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code TODAY, the word TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y. And you get a 50% match on your initial deposit when you use that promo code. So head on over. Put in a max of, they'll match you a max of $1,000. So head on over, use the promo code today. 
sign up. That's where we're placing our bets. That's where you should too. So tell them Hoopball sent you. MyBookie.ag. They've got everything, not just NBA. Anything that you can possibly bet on or even think to bet on, they've got it covered. College hoops, NBA, golf, tennis, XFL, politics, if that's your thing. MyBookie.ag has it all, and they've got you covered. So Again, promo code is TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y. Tell them today in sports betting, the hoop ball fellas sent you over there. And also just check us out, hoop-ball.com. So all your NBA news and notes, fantasy-related needs. And, of course, Aaron Bruski's newsletter. Go on and check us out. And also, make sure you follow us on Twitter. Everything that we record today and all of our picks will end up on Twitter at HoopBallGaming. That's HoopBallGaming. That's where we place all of our official bets uh, once the games are ready to go. And that's where you find us. So give us a follow at HoopBallGaming. And I'm at Josh Millman. And Devin is at D-A-L-E-007. That's where you can find us on Twitter. Uh, Come check us out. Talk with us. We'll banter with you as the games go on. It'll be fun, right? Absolutely. Yeah, Devin. All right, man. We've got NBA to get through. Uh, We've got an eight-game slate. So why don't we just fire this bad boy off? We'll begin with the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Washington Wizards in our nation's capital. The Bucks are 13-point favorites in this one. The over-under is a massive 241. The Bucks are the Bucks. Let's not, you know, not bury the lead here. They're the best team in the league and have won both their games since coming out of the break. The Wizards have done exactly the opposite. They've dropped their last two. And it's been a royal, royal mess for the race to the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. It's almost like a position that no team wants to have. The Wizards were actually playing good ball prior to, prior to the break and then came out and just laid a couple of duds. The Magic aren't even playing good ball. The Wizards had an opportunity to come in, and they, now they just keep losing games. The Bulls have been on a ter- – they, they just snapped a terrible losing streak. Hell, the Hornets and Pistons have been so bad, and they're not even mathematically eliminated yet. They should just give the Bucks a bye at this point. <laughs> What's the harm, right? In any case, you know, it's 13 points. Again, the Bucks are great. Uh, they are on the road in this one uh, where they're 16 and 11 against the spread. Really good. The Wizards are only 14 and 13 against the spread on the season at home. And recent history isn't doing them any favors. Uh, Devin, I know we tend to get fearful of big lines like this, especially with the risk of blowout. But uh, where's your head at in this one in the early going? So the only fear I have in this is uh, fear the deer because they (laughs) (laughs) cover these big spreads. They have the defensive capabilities and the pieces to do so. Um, You know, I've been a very huge proponent of this team going up against big spreads. It's just they make me a little more comfortable about it, especially when they're playing the team like Cleveland or Washington or Brooklyn. You know, they just, you know, tend to get it done. I mean, we saw what they just did to Philly. Um, I believe that was Saturday night. Yeah. 
it, it, they just they have so many other uh, gears compared to other teams in the league that you know those other teams just don't have. And when they lock in, you know, for a quarter, quarter and a half, they can stretch you out, and you know, all of a sudden you're down like 20, 22 points, and it's um, I bet it's a scary thing to go against. I will note that Brooke Lopez is out. Um, you know, he, he's decently important to this team. But we have some recency bias to go off of. Um, the last two times these teams played, um, we they had the same over-under set at 241. And, uh, you know, it was in Milwaukee. And this was that game that Milwaukee put 151 points up. Uh, Washington scored 131 points. Very true. Um, high volume shooting, high success rate on shot percentages, uh, 55.6% for Milwaukee, 46.8 for Washington. I don't want to say I'm leaning the under here, but I don't see a repeat performance of that. Uh, 282 points is a lot. Um, but so is 241. And I think that was such an anomaly last time these two teams played. I don't think the spread being covered at 11 and a half in Milwaukee, you know, winning by 20 was an anomaly. So I think that'll probably still happen here. But uh, to try to increase some value, the way I'm looking at this game is first quarter and first half stuff. And as far as Milwaukee goes, they're one of the best first quarter against the spread teams at 34 and 21. And um, same with the first half, you know, they're 29, 23, and 30 with a plus 7.4 point differential. And uh, Washington is in the bottom half of the league as far as those two things are uh, of importance. So I'm going to maybe minimize some risk here, um, chop the game down a little bit. I'm going to look at um, taking Milwaukee in the first quarter against the spread and the first half. And honestly, I might just go with the trifecta, the triumvirate, and uh, go ahead and just take them first quarter, first half, and full game. I love it. Yeah, we, we, we've been hammering that with, with the degree of success, I would say, because the Bucks, like you said, they jump out to these leads. They can, you know, put the throttle on early in the games and then just kind of coast in the fourth quarter. It opens up the risk of, of back doors. But at the same time, this team is just loaded. Yes. And they can score at will and they can stop teams at will. And like you said, they really put a beating on, on the Sixers in a, in a nationally televised game. And now this one's not nationally televised, but the Wizards are flailing. Like you said, these aren't, you know, the Wizards aren't exactly a defensive uh, stalwart team, having given up 151 the last time that these, these teams played. Like you said, don't expect that to happen uh, either. But still, the Wizards are going to have a very, very difficult time slowing this Bucks team down. Uh, so I like the first quarter, first half plays. 13 should be, in theory, and on paper, a cinch for these Bucks to cover. Uh, so I dig the, the fear the deer approach on this yeah. one. Uh, just one other thing to throw out. Both teams are in top five, uh, one and four respectively. Uh, Washington's one, Milwaukee's four, in pace of play over the last five games. So yeah. Take that to the over bank if you want to. Uh, it's <laughs> still not an official play for me, but these teams are playing at a bolstering pace, and um, Washington has zero defense. 
should be a yes. It could be a high scoring affair, but yes, we like the we like those deer. Yes. First absolutely. half and first quarter. Jumping ahead, we will head over to the Miami Heat traveling to Cleveland to take on the Cavaliers. The Heat are six point favorites in this one over under two twenty three. Fortunately, we love our recency. Uh, we have a very recent game that we can look to because these two teams last played each other on Saturday. Yeah. The Heat beating the Cavs by 19 in Miami. Now, again, we know that the Heat are excellent at home, not as great on the road, so they are traveling to Cleveland where, again, they are not a great road team. But, again, it's Cleveland, so we're not going to take too much stock in the fact that they're heading there. It's not like they're headed to, like, Milwaukee or Toronto or something like that. Still, the Heat are going to be without Jimmy Butler. So that changes things a bit. They're also going to be without Tyler Hero and uh, Myers Leonard. Uh, so they're a little bit thin. Butler's Jim, uh, Jimmy Butler's dealing with a personal matter. Kevin Love will be in for Cleveland. So they're at roughly full strength for this one. Uh, the Cavs. We expect the, the, the dead cat bounce from the Cavs when they got rid of uh, John Beeline as the head coach, and we got that against the Wizards in Washington, and they promptly uh, dropped the game against Miami on the, the uh, tail end of a road back-to-back. So now they're back at home. The Heat are six-point favorites. Devin, this one seems like also an open and shut thing, but we also know that Miami isn't exactly the best on the road and are very prone to letdowns 12-17-1 against the spread on the road. So is that enough to give you some caution in this game? Um, For the full game, yes, but I'm going to go ahead and continue my narrative here of first quarter and first half. Spreads, you know, Milwaukee, or I'm sorry, <laughs> Miami has a uh, problem with closing out games on the road, I feel like, but I think they actually get out to pretty fast starts, um, and that's evident in them being the best first quarter ATS team, um, 34-18-3, and three, with a plus 3.35 point differential in that department. And then as far as the first half goes, they're 33-21-1 and one, uh, against the spread and uh, with a plus 4.07 point differential. Cleveland's 21-33 and 33, um, with a minus 5.09 point differential. So I think I'm probably going to be attacking this game from an early point stand, standpoint. I like me, uh, Miami uh, in the first quarter and the first half against the spread. And um, – yeah, I mean, it, it's a problem of closing things out. And they're not going to have Jimmy Butler down the stretch. They're not going to have one of their sharpshooters and Tyler Hero. So I look for uh, some guys to step up early and, you know, try to, you know, shoot some adrenaline into the veins of the team and, you know, just trying to get them pumped up with a bunch of energy and, um, you know, come out and hit shots early, um, play some good def- uh, defense. But, you know, we've seen it from the Heat team in the past on the road and that, that – that can kind of waver um, towards the end of the games, even with Jimmy Butler in there. We are we're really hammering the the first quarter, first half bets, I, it, and it's not because Devin needs to go to sleep early. <laughs> um, just yeah, no. But I'm I'm with you. If look, if the numbers say that, 
play the numbers. Yeah. Play the numbers. It's that simple. Look, there's, again, there's already a bit of history, you know, and look, the Cavs, again, I, I expect them to play better now that there's no beeline. And again, the, the, the dead cat bounce is still real. However, Miami's in the thick of a playoff race. Uh, they're going to need to keep pace. Um, I would imagine that, like you said, Devin, they'll start out fast. And uh, I'm sure the, the, the full line gives me a little bit of pause because, like we said, the, the Heat are pretty lousy on the road and have really struggled to close out games. But I do like the first half play. Uh, so I'll buy into that. Uh, but if the Heat want to keep their home court, they've got the Sixers and Pacers nipping at their heels uh, in the East. Uh, so they're going to have to come out swinging in this one because it's been a rough stretch for them, only four and six in their last ten. So I'm with you on those first half plays. Yeah. It's a weird card tonight. Um, a lot of weird matchups. Um, so I was trying to figure out a way to find some value other than, you know, just full game lines. And I was happy that I started digging into this stuff because I'm finding some staggering advantages as far as first quarter, first half. Uh, more to come. More to come. More to come. We, we still got a lot of podcasts to go, people. Foreshadowing. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll jump ahead to the Atlanta Hawks visiting the city of brotherly love, taking on the Sixers. The Sixers are eight-point favorites here, and the over-under is 228. And a half. The big news out of Philadelphia is that Ben Simmons has is dealing with a back injury, and it's possible that he may be out for a little while. He's getting a whole bunch of testing done. Um, the Sixers have not revealed the extent of which the injury is happening, but he seems to be in a considerable amount of pain. Uh, so he was ruled out early this one, and who knows how much more time uh, he may miss. And that's a big blow to the Sixers. At the same time, Tobias Harris is doubtful to out uh, for this one. He's dealing with a knee injury. Uh, it doesn't sound as serious, but it's uh, but he's basically going to be out of this one. So they are down two of their five starters already, two very good ones at that, and Simmons and Harris. So this is Going to be all Joel, Joel Embiid all night. Uh, Atlanta, again, they are, they've been a lousy defensive team, and they get throttled by opposing centers. Uh, so Embiid could feast in this one. But at the same time, Hawks are one of those kind of like frisky teams and can put up some fights. Now, they're better at that. They're significantly better at that at home than they are away. Because at home, they're 17 and 10 against the spread, except they're in Philly, where they're 10 and 20 on the season uh, away from Atlanta. So that doesn't bode well. And we know that the Sixers are really strong at home. But can they overcome the Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris injuries to cover that eight point spread? Devin, what do you got, man? Man, this is a case of Jekyll and Hyde as far as Philadelphia goes. And. For the last few games they've played, I've faded them on the road and I'll, you know, bet for them at home. Uh, it's just, it's worked out a good few times now in a row for me. And 26 and 2 at home is their overall record, 9 and 20 on the road. It's just crazy. It's, I don't understand it. Um, but having two guys out, two main guys, 
you know, this feels, oh, it, if anything's going to be a trap, it's this one because it's so enticing. You're getting eight points against the uh, Sixers that aren't going to have two main guys, uh, Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. And then you look at the team that they're laying the points, you know, against, and it's like, okay, Atlanta, you know, they, they have a great offense. They, they can score lots of buckets. Um, and if anyone can maybe hang in there, it's going to be this Trey Young-led Atlanta Hawks offense. But I just cannot go against Philadelphia at home. I, I still just – I'm not going to do it. This is going to stay be a stay-away game for me, um, the full, full spread here. I, how, however, I do think, you know, if, if you want a, you know, a very not confident opinion, <laughs> then I, I think, you know, there's a slight lean in taking those points with Atlanta. I think the points are going to start evaporating. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's going to stay at eight by the time tip-off starts. I think you'll probably get that down closer to six. Um, what I will say is um, Philadelphia is one of the worst for, uh, first quarter uh, against the spread teams. So maybe look for Atlanta to come out and uh, hit a bunch of threes, get hot. Uh, Philadelphia is going to be trying to figure out what's going on with their rotations with two key cogs out. Um, and then maybe you can take advantage of uh, getting some points for Atlanta in the first, uh, first quarter. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's looking pretty meek as far as the rotations go for Philadelphia. But this is just a weird game for me, and I'm probably going to um, stay away from this one and avoid it through and through. I'm actually – you know, it's weird because I, I look at the – you know, everything that Philly does at home. They're just so dominant at home. But even without Simmons and Harris, this team should take care of business against the Hawks. And I'm with you that Trey Young could come out and start firing at will, uh, especially early on in this game, without Simmons uh, and his defense being able to harass him. But it's just crazy to me just how dominant the, the Sixers have been at home all season that we're afraid of the Hawks just because Simmons and Harris are out of this one. Now, mind you, their depth is a little bit better than it has been in the past. They brought in Glenn Robinson and Alec Burks and, you know, getting, you know, good play out of freaking Korkmaz when, uh, when Josh Richardson was injured. And Richardson should take over some of the ball handling duties uh, in this one as well. This team is still really good. And I would imagine Embiid's still eating. I, I get the fear on the eight points. Man, are, are we like really overthinking these injuries a little bit? Yeah, you know, I forgot about the depth additions, so that's a good point. Uh, Josh Richardson can definitely step up and have a great game here. Um, I think I'm overthinking it, so I'm not gonna play it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. Yeah, if we can't like really firm up, we'll stay away, and perhaps we'll we'll rethink about it as we take a look at the line and post everything to Twitter later on. And I do um, want to throw one other thing out there because I just gave out some uh, wrong information and I don't want to do that. So I actually read my notes wrong. Philadelphia is one of the best uh, ATS teams in the first quarter. Uh, I, had, okay. I had the records flipped. So they are 33-23. 
with a plus 2.68 uh, differential in the first quarter. Thank so you I for just, clarifying yes, that. Yes, yes. I don't want to Appreciate get that. bad stuff out. No, we don't want to mislead our hoop ballers out there. So thanks, Devin. Uh, we will jump ahead. The Orlando Magic taking on the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn. The Nets are, are excuse me, three and a half point favorites over under is 212 and a half. Like we said, it seems like no one wants to win the eighth seed in the East. The Magic included in that. They have been utterly atrocious prior to the break. They did win a couple prior to beating the Hawks and the Pistons, but then they came back and got dismantled by the Mavericks on their home court. Now they're traveling to Brooklyn. Brooklyn's been playing better. Not great, but better. You know, they still can't overcome the whole, you know, Philly's got their number. You know, it is what it is. They they took one on the chin in overtime in Philly. Whereas, and then they came back out and destroyed the Hornets in Charlotte. So, um, but that's, you know, again, who isn't destroying the Hornets in Charlotte? So the Nets at home, you know, where they've been fairly lackluster on the season, 16 and, uh, 16 and 12 straight up, but that's the same against the spread. And the Magic our 500 team against a spread on the road. It's not that exciting. And it feels like, a, you know, I don't want to say it, three and a half is in a pick em line, but there's really nothing that really stands out on these two teams. And that's, again, are playing better as a whole. They are prone to some letdowns. I don't have Ira and his magic projections that absolutely love the Nets. But Devin, do you love the Nets here? I mean, they are six and one in their last seven games against the spread. <laughs> so maybe, uh, maybe they get the job. I, I think without Kyrie, it's just a whole nother team. But they, their record without him has been better. It's really weird. Um, no, you know, this is one of those games that are just it's it's going to be very ugly. It's it's going to be atrocious. It's probably going to be very hard to watch as far as basketball goes. Um, like you said, no one in this bottom part of the uh, Eastern Conference seems to want this playoff spot. So I think this game is going to consist of, uh, you know, trying to give the playoff spot to the other team. And um, this is going to be a complete stay away for me. I don't have any interest in it as far as betting, as far as watching. Um, you know, if I had a slight, slight, slight lean, I do kind of like the under here just because – um, Orlando's offense is pretty terrible. Um, Brooklyn's is, you know, sporadic. And both um, – I'm sorry, Orlando, you know, they're still decent defensively. Um, and the last time these two teams played, there wasn't even 200 points scored. Um, and that was January 6th, so not too long ago. And, um, you know, one thing to keep in mind, though, Brooklyn only shot 33.3% from the field that game, so that could increase up to 40, I would imagine. Um, so even the under, I'm still kind of like, I, I really don't know. Like, th this game just offers so much ugly. It's really not, yeah. This isn't an appetizing game. I will say the Nets do have a very good net rating over their past five games, uh, plus 6.3. Okay. In their last five games. But that's also met with some really kind of bad 
you know, offensive metrics. They're, they're both teams in the bottom half of the league in terms of offensive rating. And the Nets are the third worst team in the league in terms of pace during that time. So it's not as if like, you know, the Nets are shooting the daylights out of the ball during this stretch. Um, and neither are the Magic. They're actually 25th and 27th, respectively, over their last five games in terms of true shooting. Uh, so that, that's not really anything to write home about. But I will say, defensively, the Nets are a top-five team in their last uh, five games. So that does give some, some you know, credence to the under in this one, knowing that these teams will combine for 200 the last time out. Um, I do expect another low-scoring battle here. Um, neither one of these teams are, are an offensive juggernaut, like we said. Um, but I, I, I would lean the Nets in this one again. I just think of, of j- just based on the way the Nets have been playing recently, like we said, they, they've just – this is largely the same team as last year without Kyrie. And we know that we, they can get on some really good stretches of basketball, and they seem to be on it right now. Kyrie is kind of an out of sight, out of mind type thing. And um, they're, they're really, they've just been playing better as a team, even if it's not the, the most offensively aesthetic basketball there is. They're playing better as a team. So I'm, I'm more of a lean than this one than a stay away in terms of the, the Brooklyn Nets. But, you know, again, we'll wait to make an official play. Sure. We will move ahead to the New York Knicks traveling to Houston to take on the Rockets. Houston is a 14-and-a-half favorite in this one. The over-under is 228-and-a-half. I, I don't know how the Rockets have any business laying 14-and-a-half points. Double-digit favorite at home this year, and um, they don't get the job done in this this department i i really don't it's kind of wild to me like i don't know if this is just vegas saying like hey it's the knicks yeah you know uh, because i really don't know because we've seen this situation before where you know and we've just we discussed this on friday where it's like they're, they're just looking at the names on the jerseys and not really given a whole lot of notion to the way that these teams have played because the Knicks have been somewhat feisty and the, the Rockets haven't been this offensive juggernaut that everyone seems to expect them to be. The, the Rockets are one of the worst teams the entire season in terms of over under more and, 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 and bad at home as they are on the road, they're 12 and 15 to the under. And more and and against the spread, they're they're barely over a five hundred team, a fourteen and thirteen on the year, at home against the spread. So it screams, lay the points. But I but I don't know if there's if I'm I'm not seeing part of the equation here. I I mean I don't I don't know that the Knicks definitely don't have the Rockets' firepower. But if they try to slow the game down enough, I don't know how Houston thinks it's going to cover two touchdowns in this one sure yeah i um i agree with you um one thing or two things i guess i would say um 
Alfred Payton and uh, Nick Lakina are both questionable. Um, so I would keep that in mind. Them being down two point guards might hurt the orchestration of their offense. Fair. Um, but hey, I'm just going to keep rolling with these trends because this was actually one of my favorite bets for my first quarters. Um, I like the under in the first quarter here between these two teams. Uh, Houston's 10 and 17, averaging 55.81 points at home to the under. And New York, 8 and 20 to the under on the road in the first quarter, uh, 52.64. And it's weird. So Houston actually scores less points in the first quarter at home than they do on on the road. And uh, same thing goes for the Knicks, but being on the road versus at home in, you know, their overall average. So I really like the under in the first quarter. Um, One thing that I want to throw out there, because I think it's pretty awesome, um, we look at Houston and we look at them being these, like, blurs of red. You know, these red jerseys just running up and down the court, and they're just so fast, and they play so fast. Well, the, the last five games, they actually play slower than the Indiana Pacers, the Phoenix Suns, and the Orlando Magic. They're 20th in the league in pace of play. And New York is 25th. And if I can get myself to bottom, you know, I'm going to say top 20 because I don't know how to phrase it otherwise, but top 20 uh, slow teams, you know, as far as pace goes in the NBA. Um, And they're also numbers that are staggeringly in favor to the under. I'm going to couple that and trust, you know, the number and the gut. And, you know, Houston seems to just get these huge point spreads at home and they don't put the ball in the basket. And so I like the first quarter under. Um, And then first half against the spread. I I don't trust the first or the full game spread for the Rockets. But Houston is one of the better teams as far as covering the spread in the first half. And New York is – six games under 500 with a negative 5.76 point differential in the first half against the spread. Um, Houston's 18 and nine with a plus 5.33 point differential. So I look at um, Houston and New York to go under in the first quarter, and I like Houston to cover the first half spread. We have been all over the first quarter and first half. I love it. Got to find value where you can. Yeah. No, and you're absolutely right. Like, I saw that line. I'm like, God, this, this seems like all over the place. So there's something that we could very clearly expose on that one. Uh, so, yeah, it's another first quarter, first half play for us. And really just, just to kind of cap it off, the Knicks are – there's only one team that's been worse in terms of offensive rating over the last five games, and that's the Detroit Pistons as opposed to the New York Knicks. So just, I don't imagine either one of these teams are pretty high up there in the defensive metrics. Uh, well, the Knicks are eighth oh, right eight. now, okay. but I think yeah. that's also more of a function of, you know, who they play, who they've been playing and, and just the fact that the, like the, these aren't like fast paced games that, that, that they've been involved in the, where are the Rockets? The Rockets 16th. are in the middle of the pack at 16th. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not too wild about, either one of these teams lighting lighting the building on fire in this one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I feel like this is – it might be uh, also as the game progresses and we see how the first half, first quarter go, this might be one of those, like, 
classic Irish Silver live line opportunities. Yeah. If the Rockets do jump out and maybe that, that game spread goes to like 18 to 20, you know, that's, that's an opportunity there as well. Oh, you best believe I'll be taking those 18 or 20 points. <laughs> Absolutely. Moving on, the Minnesota Timberwolves are in Dallas to take on the Mavericks. Maverick, another two-touchdown spread here. 14 points in favor of the Cowboys over the Vikings. Getting my football references messed up here from these, from I, these lines. I, I thought we time-traveled back to football season. I know, right? Crazy. <laughs> Dak Prescott – you know, looking to take a two-touchdown lead over Kirk Cousins now. Um, <laughs> but the Timberwolves are lousy, and the Mavericks are not lousy, and they have Luka Doncic back. Uh, Over-under in this one, I should say, is 236 and a half. Um, the, the big thing is, though, is that the Wolves, you know, we, we exploited the Celtics game because we looked at the seven-point spread and we're like, how – in the hell are they only getting seven points at home or, or the Celtics giving up seven points at home where the Wolves are notoriously terrible at home, except they're not nearly as bad on the road. They're 13 and 13 on the road this year. Whereas the Mavericks are road warriors they're 19-7-2 and two against the spread on the season and have been getting kind of whipped up at home. They're only a game above 500 straight up at home in Dallas and 11-17-1 and and against the spread at home. 14 seems like an absolutely massive number to have to lay for the Mavericks against that data, but at the same time, the Wolves are just they're, – they're just playing out the string at this point. They, they are a bad basketball team. No Carl Anthony Towns again. I don't know – D'Angelo Russell is expected back in this one. I don't know how much that plays into it, um, but they will get some level of scoring back uh, with Russell. So maybe that also adds to the factor. Devin – I, I, I don't like the concept of laying, you know, or, or getting 14 points when the team is bad as the Timberwolves, but it's kind of tempting, no? It is. It is. Um, even with those staggering, uh, eye-popping home splits um, for the Mavericks, this, ugh, this is another one of those where I wish the line would have been a little lower so I could have given a little bit more of a confident full game play. But hey, guess what, Josh? There's more. Um, <laughs> I love it. it Let me it, guess. <laughs> you have first quarter and first half data. Yes, 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 absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so this game is actually, you know, how I said the Knicks and the Houston game was my favorite first quarter under. Uh, this game is my favorite first quarter over. Um, both teams are top uh, six as far as first quarter overs. And uh, Dallas is um, 32-22-1 and 22 and one to the over with an average score of 57.69 points in the first quarter. Minnesota, a little closer to 500, but 28-25 and 25 and uh, 57.66 as far as their overall 
uh, combined average score uh, in the first quarter. So I like the over here um, in the first quarter. I look for uh, both teams to kind of get out, start to get a little bit of a feel for each other. But, you know, Luka Doncic is, um, you know, he's a maestro with that offense. So he, from start to finish, he's going to get his guys rolling, I think. And if you look at their full season over-unders, you know, both these teams are heavily overs. Uh, there's not a drastic drop-off as far as home and um, away over-unders for the Dallas Mavericks. You know, they're 17 and 12 at home. So versus their numbers against the spread, I feel this one has a little bit more value and more consistency. And then Minnesota's 16 and 11 on the full season of the over. Um so, yeah, I like this first quarter over. And then, um, you know, maybe even looking at a first half spread uh, for Dallas, you know, uh, it's going to be obviously significantly less than the full, you know, 13 and a half, 14 points for the game. So I really uh, would try to attack it in that regard. You know, some of these games you just got to kind of chop up into smaller little bits and see what you can grab and uh, what you can um, also just try to find the most value in. Uh, Minnesota is one of the worst teams against the spread in the first quarter as well. Um, 20, 32, and one, if you want to attack that angle um, with a negative uh, 0.98 differential. Um, Dallas is 35 and 20 against the spread in the first half. Uh, Minnesota is 23 and 30. So um, some different things to look at and to consider. Um, but yeah, my favorite on this game is going to be the first quarter over and a very hard lean to the first half spread for the Mavericks. I like it. I like it. We are getting, we're going to get everything out super early today. Yeah. We're going to find out like at like nine o'clock Eastern time, if we're winners today, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> All these first quarter, first half bets. But I do like it. Like you said, Try to find the nuggets where available. Try to find the angles. And those are good angles, man. It's good good numbers, good data to go off of. And try to roll with that. You know, go with the trends. I like it. So it's good find, Devin. We will jump ahead. The Phoenix Suns are in Utah to take on the Jazz. The Jazz are eight-point favorites. Over under is 223 and a half. We're kind of lamenting you know, just team trends here because we've said in the past, the jazz have been one of those, you know, hot teams and they go on that. They're, they're kind of like patented jazz runs where they're just wiping everyone out. Now the opposite's kind of happening. They've really struggled recently. They've been a below 500 team over their last 10. They've dropped two in a row. I just, you know, they're really, they're kind of a tough team to figure out. Just some days they will look like world beaters. Other days they're just kind of putting up duds, especially on their home court, no less. So they killed the jet, uh, excuse me, they killed the heat in the first of their, this most recent homestand of theirs. They're in the third game of a six game homestand right now. So they should be nice and comfortable. So they took care of business against the Heat. And then they laid an egg against the Spurs. And then they got beat by the Rockets. The Rockets are good, 
obviously, but it's a game that, that the Jazz need to win in the thick of the rest Western Conference race. So now they have the Suns and an opportunity to kind of hit the reset button a little bit. Um, I, as a basketball fan, am really kind of interested in the matchup of DeAndre Ayton and Rudy Gobert in this one because I need something to kind of look towards. The Suns have completely fizzled out you know, as the season progressed, they were a bit of a, an early darling in the year, but they just have not been able to parlay that into long-term success. They have wins against the Bulls, but who hadn't had wins against the Bulls, but then they got destroyed by the Raptors prior to that coming out of the break. So eight points doesn't seem like a lot, but I'm, I'm not really trusting the Jazz right now, because despite their 20-7 and seven record straight up, they're only 13-13 and 13 against the spread at home. The Suns aren't exactly world beaters on the road, but 15-13 and 13 against the spread is, 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 is pretty positive. I don't know. This, this feels like a game I don't want to touch, but Devin, you might have some other, let me guess, a first quarter or first half that you may want to attack. Well, um, matter of fact, Mr. Josh, uh, I do have a first time. <laughs> <laughs> now, we, we know how I feel about the Phoenix Suns. They're kind of like Ira's Nets to me. Um, I, I can't figure them out. And this line is a little weird and shaky. Um, I don't have a lot of confidence in either side. I do, however, like the under. Um, so I figured if I'm not betting for or against a team like the Suns, maybe I can figure out an angle on them. So I'm not playing a side, but I'm going to try to stick to like a total. And I don't have to root for them. Uh, so, you know, uh, I like the first half under. Um, and, you know, Phoenix and Utah both are um, bottom half of the pack as far as over-unders go for the first half. Phoenix 24, 29, and 2, and Utah is 22, 31, and 1. And so Phoenix's combined point total average for the first half is 110.76, and Utah is 107.44. So, the, and I keep throwing these out, um, you know, these combined point thingies and whatever. And I'll just kind of share with what I like to do with those. So I'll take those two numbers of those two teams, add them, subtract by two to find the average, to figure out what those two specific numbers mean correlatively. And then I look at the line, and then I determine from there how much more comfortable I am with it. Um, I take other things into measure, you know, like metrics, um, where they're at recently as far as a team, um, injuries, also eye test stuff. You know, and as far as pace of play goes, um, which is something that I'll use to determine my over-under plays, recently, you know, in the last five games, Utah uh, is the 23rd slowest team. Um, Phoenix is 17th. And then as far as just net rating goes, they're not impressive either. Um, Utah is at 15, and Phoenix is at 24. And both of them are not very uh, solid right now as far as defense goes. Uh, Utah is in the 20s, if I remember right, um, 24th. Phoenix is uh, in the um, 
17th range. Yeah, and then 17th. offensive. Yeah, offensive's just as bad. Utah's 10th, but uh, I don't think that's anything to be worried about. I, I just, you know, this is a, a team I haven't been able to figure out as far as Phoenix goes. So I'm not going to play side. I do like the under. Um, I would maybe even say play the full game under. The uh, Phoenix Suns just cannot score baskets. Like they are just so sluggish and their, their offense is just it, – it gets so stagnant. Like if you just watch them play, it's, it's not – there's not a lot of ball movement or really um, functionable sets being run. It's just, you know, they try to get it to a spot on the floor. They, they don't reverse the floor. You know, if they can't get it from one side to the other, they, there's not a lot of, you know, back cuts or ball screen. It, it's just a really just poor and dismal offense to root for and watch. So I like the uh, first half under. Um, I'm going to figure out what uh, angles I can play and try to figure this Phoenix team out instead of giving up uh, fully. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Under is probably really in play in this one. Like like we said, it's I won't belabor the point, but these, these two teams are just not playing well at all. And it's hard to pick a side, especially against the spread in this one. On paper, like we said, the Jazz should be better than the Suns. They just haven't been playing like it at all. We know that the Suns are certainly capable of being a better offensive team, but then again, it, it's there. There, there are times where it's just like, all right, either Devin Booker gets going or he doesn't. And Devin Booker has not been shooting the ball well of late. Uh, it's been a really rough stretch for him. So. Um, yeah, like it's either he gets going or, you know, the slog continues. And he's just, he's been in a bit of a rut. Um, you know, something like, yeah, he's only shooting below 40% over oh, the past wow. uh, two weeks. So that's not, not good. I mean, he was due for a regression, but this is, this is kind of getting ugly. Um, so, yeah, I, I am, you know, he's got something going on with his shot right now that's, uh, that's making me lean under here as well. Um, but yeah, I'm staying away from this one regardless. Yeah. And then you, you look for Gobert to probably neutralize Aiton. Um, mm-hmm. So they're, they're going to be down uh, without a couple of their big guys getting the job done. We'll see how Rubio does um, as far as orchestrating. But I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of those grinding games where both teams are, they play a similar style as far as grittiness and just you know a little slower so yeah um i was actually surprised that the full game over under uh total was as high as it was uh yeah i i i think that might be our opportunity with the over under in this one because again these two teams are just not scoring the basketball right now let's wrap this up the grizzlies of memphis are still in la having spent the weekend out west Take on the Clippers. The Clips are nine and a half point favorites here. The over under is 233 and a half. The Grizzlies have come out of the gates of the All Star break, dropping two in a row in California. The first was an inexplicable loss in Sacramento. The second one was a good effort, albeit a overmatched against a superior Lakers team. 
And so now they have another superior team in the Clippers, um, you know, that, that need to snap a losing skid right now. They've lost three in a row and they don't want to lose their footing. And Oh, by the way, they're getting Paul George back in all likelihood. He's questionable, but I do believe that there was expectation that he would play in this one due to the fact that he had practiced earlier last week. Um, but he does have a questionable text. I shouldn't say that he should be back, but um, again, there were some uh, practice reports, but he is still questionable in this one. Patrick Beverly is also questionable um, dealing with a sore groin. Now, we could say that, you know, hey, fade the returning superstar, especially if Paul George is back, but it looks to me like the Clippers need him back because they just haven't been playing well at all. Taking losses against the Kings, Sixers, and Celtics during that time frame. The Celtics, you know, you can respect. That was a hell of a game prior to the All-Star break. It was a great game. But losing on your home court to the Kings, that's a no-no. That shouldn't happen. So – Nine and a half feels like a big-ish number considering the way that the Clippers have been playing. But the Grizzlies haven't exactly been lighting things on fire either. So how are you, how are you feeling about this one, Devin? So I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be out. Yeah, that's a big loss. We should have mentioned that. Two to three weeks with his knee injury. Um. And I'm looking back at the last two times these teams played. Memphis, uh, as the home team, two games ago, they only lost by two, and they were six-point dogs. And then the last game they played scored 140 on the Clippers and covered that 10-point spread. (laughs) They were given 10 Mm -hmm. points. So I I can't remember if Jaron Jackson missed either one of those games. I don't know if he's missed – you know, this matchup. So I can't decide. It's worth digging into. I can't remember and decide, you know, how pivotal and important he is for this specific matchup. He's pivotal and important for them as a team, no doubtedly. But um, if they could get the job done without him in one of these two previous games or these two previous games they played, I'd be keen on, you know, taking the uh, points um, you saw Kawhi Leonard frustrated for the first time, I think, in his career uh, out outwardly. Um, you know, they were on a fast break. Montrez Harrell didn't get the ball where it needed to be. And, you know, Kawhi kind of did the LeBron to J.R. Smith thing where he kind of like held his hands up and was like shaking them and just like questioning what, what Montrez Harrell was doing. So I think the chemistry is just a little bit off with this Clippers team right now. And, you know, losing to Sacramento, like that could be eye-opening or it could be exposing. Uh, you know, either way, it's not good right now for the Clippers. Getting Paul George back is, you know, like you said, we could fade the superstar coming back. But is that canceled out by Jaron Jackson Jr. being out? Um, Memphis is getting a lot of points here. And if I'm going to take a side, you know, I, I think I got to lean – Memphis plus nine and a half plus, you know, what, uh, wherever you're seeing, you know, with your book, as long as it's 
something you're comfortable with. And, you know, this Memphis team, they, they got some fight. So I think they can come out and compete. I don't think they're going to win. But, um, you know, they played tough against the Lakers. Ultimately, they uh, that line covered. It was 10 and a half. Um, they lost by 12. But the way they've played the Clippers in their last two games, I'm kind of confident that they can do it again. But again, I want to reiterate that I want to research Jaron Jackson Jr. being involved in those previous two. So matches. I can tell you that that Jackson did play in both those games. He, did he, play he, in both. he played in both okay. those games. And the blowout win in LA the last time, where the the Grizzlies beat the Clippers by twenty six on January fourth. He did play in that game, scored twenty four points. Mm-hmm. And he did play when they lost by two in Memphis. Uh, scored 17 in that one. Um, but I, I'm not going to pay too much mind to that to that second game where they, they were in Memphis. But but, right. but having having seen the blowout where that was really the catalyst for their big run. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that, that blowout win sparked uh, a big winning streak for them and has really gotten them to the place where they are now. But like you said, Jack, losing Jackson, uh, Triple J, is, is a big loss. And, but, you know, I, 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 I still expect the Grizzlies to play tough regardless. I mean, they still have Valanchunas down there. Yeah, no. I mean, Valanchunas is good. Clark is good. Clark, They've got yeah. some added depth on their team now. Um, so I, I, I do think that they'll be up to the challenge. Like you said, you know, they, the spread was covered when they played the Lakers. But I am – I'm not afraid of, of playing the kids, knowing that the kids are going to be, you know, uh, up to the challenge. And, and, and both one of these teams is going to have to snap their skid. Yeah. You know, and that, that's really what it comes down to. I just don't think that the Clippers, the way they're playing right now, need to be essentially double-digit favorites in this one. Right. Yeah, I like the points with Memphis in this. Yeah. Uh, you know, with that added depth, you know, Brandon Clark is capable. And I think the bigs of the Lakers match up better against this roster than the Clippers do. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Clippers got, you know, Zubac and Jermichael Green, you know, and Montrez Harrell, who plays mostly the four. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I like the bigs' advantage as far as Memphis goes. I think uh, Valanciunas will probably be primed to have a pretty big game here. Um, so, yeah, you know, give, give me the points with Memphis. Yeah. Um, they've they've been like good that. to us in terms of getting points with the Grizzlies, so I like the lean there. Um, and, again, now that we've wrapped up the NBA slate, you can find all of our official picks. They will be mostly first quarter and first half picks today, but you will find them all officially on Twitter at our – Today in sports betting handle at Hoopball Gaming. And you can find us individually. I am at Josh Millman. Devin is at D A L E E L L I E 007 on Twitter. So we'll be there for the commentary and to place our official bets. And again, we'll be making those bets at mybookie.ag. And make sure you get your 50% match on your initial deposit up to $1,000 by using the promo code today. T-O-D-A-Y. So you tell them Hoopball sent you. And also leave us a review. If you like the podcast, like what we have to say, like the banter, 
Leave us a review. Give us the five stars, one star, whatever it is. We love the feedback. We need the feedback. We want to make this as good of a podcast for you, as informational as possible. And yeah, we want you to have fun with it and make some money with us. But that's what we like to do here. Help you guys win some free money. Lots of free money to give away. Devin, any final words before we sign off for today? You know, just another shot of appreciation. Um, I'm enjoying this growing thing that we got going here, this family that's uh, growing. And um, just real appreciative of the listeners and the followers on Twitter. I love the feedback that we're getting. It's a great thing. Yeah, Yeah, we've gotten a lot of great banter. Like the guys that have followed us and have been listening from day one, we really appreciate y'all. And tell your friends, um, yeah, we're going to have fun doing this. We're going to make some money together. There'll be ups and downs, but more ups and downs. And we're just going to keep having fun, man. So thank you, Devin. Thank you, Hoopballers. I'll be back again on Friday. Stay tuned for more today in sports betting. And again, check us out on Twitter at HoopballGaming. Thanks, everyone. Take it easy. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.